Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Good morning, everybody. Go to strengthguild.com, S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H-G-U-I-L-D.com. Scroll down to the Iron Radio Collections, and we've got new shirts and new banners for you to support the show. Everything from just a regular banner, regular shirt, to ones with sayings on them, like Lonnie's Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree shirt. And some news for you, we're going to have some contests for people who own these shirts and things. So if you support the show, we'll let you more on that later. So if you get in on these early, you can be one of the first people to win some prizes. So, thank you very much. Go check out the site, strengthguild.com. Scroll down to Iron Radio Collections and support the show. Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiology and sports nutrition professor of about 20 years, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. This is Phil Stevens. I'm a strength coach, powerlifter. Got to meet coming up in about two weeks from today. Nice. So, that's about it. <clears throat> hey, this is Dr. Mike Nelson, a faculty member of the Kerrig Institute, creator of the Flex Diet Cert, and uh, right now I'm teaching at Rocky Mountain University, Georgia Southern University, and I'm at home once again, which is amazing. Yes, so, two, weeks yes two weeks in a row, new record. And I'm Lacey Mackey, and I am an entrepreneur who owns a coffee company, I own a event production company, and I moonlight as a strength and conditioning coach for the film industry. Nice. Okay. Yeah, what a perfect fit. Uh, listeners know that we're always on about the coffee kinds of things, so it's going to be perfect. When you record an early Saturday morning podcast, you have to be really into coffee. <laughs> yeah, it helps. It helps. Um, okay, uh, we have one piece of news that i got from a, a friend and colleague this week and then we have two listener mails and then we're going to get to uh, lacy's origin story about why she does what she does strength and muscle sport news uh, this piece of news this is just sort of interesting for me uh from athletic business um publication here it's athlete diets college spending uh in d1 schools so uh a friend of mine just gave this to me because it just thought it was interesting. It says, um, increasingly common with today's multi-million dollar student athlete success centers you know, is a sports nutrition component. And it talks about how um, Division One athletic departments spend at least $2 million on dining over a two-year period. And that's from a 2016 to 2017 report, according to Forbes. Uh, here's how they break down. So top five highest spending programs – for student-athlete diets. Number one, University of Arkansas. $3.5 million they're spending. Uh, now, of course, that's not on the <laughs> on the dietitians, I can tell you that. But all in all, with the food and the professionals and everything. Number two, Ohio State, $3.1 million. So spending plenty of money on, um, you know, fueling and providing building blocks for their athletes and that sort of thing. I mean, I'm... I've got to think this is food service, everything that's encompassing. Number three, University of Michigan, uh, just behind Ohio State uh, at $2.8 million. Tying them is Iowa. And then just behind them is Texas A&M. 
So those are some of the schools. Uh, Mike, University of Minnesota is on here, um, just a little bit behind Texas A&M. Interesting. Uh, Penn State's on here. So, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Uh, there's a quote here from uh, Jessica Blatchley from West Virginia University. If you've seen a player in the end zone, there's a really good chance they're eating their fruits and vegetables, is what she says. <laughs> um now, We've actually that, written up by a couple different colleges um, that are interested in, you know, paleo and keto diets uh, and how coffee can be used instead of energy drinks. So now, absolutely. In fact, um, Lacey, you, you may not know, but that's sort of the main focus of what I do in the lab is coffee instead mm-hmm. of energy drinks, yeah. Um, yeah. which some people find very odd. Mike, you remember we were at Experimental yeah. Biology one year and that old crotchety guy came by and he was ripping <laughs> on one of my students, Grant, like, this is absurd. Coffee and fitness. What? Yeah. And it's like and, you know, he was very gracious about it. My my student was, you know, and he's like, well, people actually do that now, <laughs> sir, yeah. you know. Naturally, during caffeine, yeah, uh, might not be a bad idea. Right, exactly. That won't screw with your carbohydrate metabolism and everything else, like uh, pills and powders yeah. might. Um, that guy also looked like he just got chipped out of the Stone Age too. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought Grant was so he was so gracious with that crotchety old fart. Yeah, um, he handled it very well. And I'm not being ageist. I mean, I'm kind of one myself. But like, come on, like, don't just blur out things, especially ripping on a a 20 year old, you know, who's yeah. presenting for the first time but at the bottom of this it it actually says um nutritional options to include and to avoid and i think this is funny because you know this is like the source is forbes and that's not the first thing i think about when i think about sports nutrition exercise physiology but so to include they say several carb options a couple different sources of lean protein a fruit and a veg option and plenty of liquids now to avoid and I can't mm-hmm. say I entirely agree with this. Uh, one is fried foods, and that's one I can be down with. I mean, you know, living on hash browns and French fries might not be the best idea when you're on a, a training diet, you know. Um, but then they say avoid high-fiber foods, and I find that a little odd. I mean, I suppose if you're trying to gain weight or provide calories for training, you might want to avoid high-fiber foods. But um, And then they say avoid caffeinated products. Wah, wah. <laughs> So mm. I'm not sure – and again, I think Lacey already pointed this out, but coffee provides more antioxidants to Americans than fruits and vegetables do. Um, so I think they might want to step up their speed a little bit about this. Uh, and I think I would, I would just amend that to say um, unrestrained use of caffeinated products, right? I mean right. if you're constantly walking around with a can of Monster in your hand, um, I can see that being a problem, but – Caffeine, definitely well-timed, is just going to do nothing but enhance these athletes. So, anyway. Absolutely. It's also um, a, like, bronchial dilator. So, uh, you know, people getting ready to, like, do a pre-workout, um, you really want to get your oxygen levels up and your ability to breathe. And uh, coffee is one of those things that does that, not necessarily caffeine. But, um, you know, there's benefits. There's a reason why people take pre-workouts. There's a reason why... Um, people get a little bit of extra fuel before they put out um, max efforts. Yeah. Yeah. My sister's a surgeon and she used to rip on my brother and I back in the day about, you know, you're using a crutch stimulants, like a crutch before a workout. And, you know, then I would try to defend that by saying, you know, there's sort of a super training effect here where if I'm more powerful every time I go in the gym a year from now, I'm going to be that much further ahead, you know, and, and stuff like that. But anyway, um, 
interesting. Yeah, well, we've been hit up by a couple different schools, um, mostly like football coaches uh, that are interested in that and also interested in getting their players, and this goes for the NFL, but getting their players off of, uh, you know, energy drinks, sodas, things like that. And when you start talking about, you know, weird chemical combinations, um, definitely a good idea to to lay off those a little bit. Yeah, I, I I feel like this is an example of, you know, the old school, like old school bodybuilding gyms. A lot of the people, at least in my experience, they'd sit around and they'd have coffee. There's, they're brewing coffee oh, yeah. at like the desk in the gym. They sit around and have sort of this pre-workout ritual where they're drinking strong coffee and getting their head in the game, listening to metal or something, yeah. you know. So, okay. Makes um, just quickly, I wanted to address these two pieces of mail, and then we'll get to Lacey's origin story. This first one is from Phil. Uh, he says, hi, Lonnie, a uh, longtime listener, uh, on and off lifter who typically falls off the wagon after moving uh, for work or for when I get injured. I recently started a new job, found myself working alongside an avid lifter. We started lifting together and it was going great. Uh, then one foot suddenly swelled up and I was diagnosed with gout. I'm 38 years old. Um, I avoided lifts that put pressure on my foot um, when it was bad. And I took days off when it was worse. The doctor uh, will give me test results and more advice soon. But I was wondering if you guys have any particular tips on nutrition and training whilst managing gout. Uh, I'm researching this and would like to hear informed opinions. Uh, frequent enforced breaks from training would not be good for my prospects or keep uh, keeping up training. So far, the key seems to be avoiding foods rich in purines plus minimizing sugar and alcohol. So just as a little backdrop, I sent Phil some... Uh, reputable information here. Uh, so he already knows this, but a couple of key things. He says minimizing sugar. Yeah, fructose gets blamed a lot. Uh, high fructose corn syrup, not something I'd be doing. On the alcohol front, my experience has been that beer is the worst of the alcohols as far as exacerbating gout and that sort of thing. Uh, and I, it looks like Phil already knows. Like if it hurts a lot, like you got to get the inflammation under control. You're not going to go try to do heavy squats on the day that, you know, the uric acid making you hurt. Um, and there's the usual things. I mean, it, it does hurt me to say avoid like purine rich foods, like shellfish is out. Red meat is kind of out. Oh, that's painful. A lot of doctors will though point out that the nutritional impact is not going to be nearly like meds, frankly. Um, so I'd say mostly avoid like the high fructose corn syrup junk in the, uh, and the out and the beer, uh, if you can control it with meds. Yeah. Let, let me just share a couple of things I pulled up for Phil. There is a link with metabolic syndrome and gout. And Phil, you might know this and you might not, but this this is from McCracken and colleagues, Pathophysiology of the Metabolic Syndrome. And they actually point out that metabolic syndrome is commonly associated with hyperuricemia and gout. So Getting your blood sugar under control, um, and I mean, honestly, you'd be avoiding high fructose corn syrup for multiple things then, right? You'd be avoiding the fructose for the, both the, the gout flare-ups and, you know, body comp and keeping your carbs under control and that kind of thing. Um, and then there's another one here from Thotam, T-H-O-T-T-A-M. Um, it's a, from a rheumatology journal, 2017. Gout and metabolic syndrome, a tangled web. So it says gout sits at the intersection of multiple complex processes. Uh, there is, and again, this corroborates the other paper, an association with gout and poor carb handling, right? Pre-diabetes, type 2 diabetes, also with obesity. So 
Phil's point about trying to stay in the gym and staying active, that's important. You can't just stop everything uh, because you've got a gout problem. Like, at least with the weights, you know, train, weight training kinds of things, you can focus on another body part, something like that. Um, so it says either gout or its necessary precursor hyperuricemia may play a role in manifestations of the metabolic syndrome. And they go on to show some uh, information about this. They do, in fact, say fructose ingestion is associated with increased rates of hypertension, weight gain, impaired glucose tolerance, dyslipidemia, and is a key driver of urate biosynthesis. So that's not something that you want. You don't want uric acid crystals in your joints. Um, So it says gout is both an inflammatory and a metabolic disease. So I thought that might be something to keep in mind, that there is that metabolic component. And one more piece here. And Lacey um, might be interested in this one. This is from um, British Medical Journal 2016 from Zhang and colleagues, Z-H-A-N-G. Is coffee consumption associated with a lower risk of hyperuricemia or gout? A systematic review and meta-analysis. So they went out to look at the associations. Now, this is not causal. It's observational. But they did a comprehensive lit review uh, up through about 2015. They had a total of 11 observational studies. In their meta-analysis, uh, it says overall, the odds ratio for hyperuricemia did not show significant differences, although the odds ratio was 0.84. So I guess you could look at that as like a 16% lower risk, but it wasn't significant. However, the overall uh, multivariate adjusted relative risk for gout itself, so not just the hyperuricemia, but you know the pain and everything associated with the gout, showed a significant inverse association between coffee consumption and the incident of gout. So the relative risk was only 0.43. So sometimes Mike and I will talk about observational studies. That's pretty robust, 0.43. So less than half the risk, uh, and that was definitely statistically significant. So it says there's a limited number of studies, but, you know, another, uh, another callback, I think, to some of the you know, the natural, the phytochemicals and the natural antioxidants and the kinds of things that are in coffee may even help reduce gout. So, Phil, I don't know how much you drink coffee, but it might not hurt. I, I, We're going to add that to our claims. Um, you know, and something that I always tell people when they're like going through a health or fitness journey, um, especially anything that's related to um, uh, autoimmune things or any type of inflammatory issues is like really looking at gut health and how can you clean up your diet besides just avoiding things. There's a lot of stuff that you could do, um, to get your gut health tested and, um, like different foods recommended and things like that, that, um, you can go down a whole rabbit hole on and really, you know, people have made miraculous transitions, uh, doing that, just really paying attention to, um, getting that in order. Right on. Menace too is that uric acid can actually be a pretty good antioxidant in the body. So if people are looking at you know blood panels with their their doc and they see a high uric acid, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get gout either because you can find people who have high uric acid but don't have gout. Obviously, it can be a contributing factor um, to it. But I got this from Dr. Brian Walsh too that you know you can look at some other parameters on there and. You know, just look at their overall diet and, and nutrition, too. That might be something to look at it from a slightly different lens also. Yeah. Well, what I just read would corroborate what you just said, right? That Correct. The not coffee, it, it didn't seem about. to have, right, not a huge impact or, or at least um, relationship with uh, hyperuricemia, but it did, in fact, help with the main outcome, which is, in fact, the gout. 
you know, yeah. so. Cool stuff. Uh, just quickly, an email. This is very positive from Gabby and her family. <laughs> Says, uh, hi, guys. My name is Gabby, and I feel like I know you guys. My husband, Sean, started listening to you guys a little more than a year ago. Uh, and since then, the whole family is obsessed with your podcast. We listen to this show uh, on Mondays and catch up with the old ones throughout the week, so much so that our nine-year-old can recognize you by your voice. So all, all three of us, I guess. He's like, oh, that's Phil. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I know, I know what that's like. I listen to some other podcasts, and I feel like I know the guys even when I don't. You know, um, We purchased the new T-shirts from you guys, too. My husband wanted the bigger mammal T-shirt, so <laughs> Phil might be interested in that. Uh, it says, although he's not that big yet, but he's eating and lifting uh, his way up there. Uh, we're also supporting the fall funds drives, so thanks for that, Gabby. Um, she mentioned just the contest as well. we got a contest going on right now. Uh, so she's made five social media posts, and she's she's wants her name in that drawing for the uh, bag of stuff. I can, I can verify she has made five social media posts at least. She blew it up this week, man. Oh, really? Nice. It kept popping up on. I was like, wow, this I love lady's it. on it. <laughs> I Gabby love it. Is, Gabby is doing it. So. <laughs> she's a, a, a fireball. I mean, it yeah. says, um, I came out from a double uh, PRP hip procedure. So we've had episodes on PRP report before. Um, platelet-rich plasma therapy um, in a wheelchair for about two months and then crutches for about eight weeks. But slowly, with my hubby and your help, I've been back back to the gym lifting um, and even back to dancing. I can't squat what I used to, was which was 235. So that's not bad, Kathy, um, especially because she says she's only 4 foot 11 um, and weighs 125 pounds. And then she says, thank you so much. You guys are amazing. So that was just very positive. Thanks for the support, Gabby, uh, on all very fronts. Cool. Gosh, 4'11", 125, and you're punching up 235 in the squat, or at least you were. That's amazing. Good for you. Okay. Well, let's get to Lacey. Thank you for your patience. We, we just want to get into your origin story. Um, maybe start with how you got started, right? Whether it's strength conditioning, uh, sports, nutrition, coffee, your own fitness journey, uh, all of the above. above. Sure. Um, so I've been an athlete for pretty much all of my life. Um, I played, you know, tons of sports in high school, basically tried everything, did junior Olympic or volleyball very successfully up to a junior Olympic level. Um, and, uh, basketball was my other favorite sport, but then, you know, kind of after high school, I didn't, I felt, you know, a little bit lost. Like there wasn't a lot going on in college, um, yeah. for me athletically. And, um, I chose not to pursue a career as an athlete and, you know, focus on, uh, my schooling. Um, and was frankly pretty bored. Uh, I was like running half marathons at that time, getting into yoga, doing things like that. Um, and I, I, as an adult, I felt kind of lost until 2010, I found CrossFit. Um, and I drank the Kool-Aid pretty deep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was, uh, working as a uh, person in PR at the time. And I interviewed Tate, who's actually my partner in caveman. Um, and, uh, I interviewed him on the radio. I was doing a, a radio show for the chamber of commerce. Um, and his, he had a gym, a CrossFit gym. It wasn't a CrossFit gym yet. It was an MMA gym. It was a really scary gym with a, a cage and, um, all kinds of stuff that was really uninviting. And, and he joined the chamber cause he wanted to get more members and, um, 
uh, I said, cool, I'll come try a class. I did fight gone bad and um, couldn't drive my car home afterward and was like, what is this amazing thing? I'm hooked. Uh, and then, um, if for people that don't know what fight gone bad is, it's like just a really horrible, um, you know, five round workout with, uh, one minute sessions at each station. So you're just like going hard. Um, and I think it's, uh, three rounds after that. So it's just a real, um, HIIT workout that's going to crush you. Um, and I thought I was in shape, realized I wasn't, uh, and just decided I really want to know what this thing is. And so a couple months later, I was getting my CrossFit level one, because when I go into something, I go really into it. Um, and, uh, became a certified trainer and was kind of doing some stuff on the side with a junior Olympic volleyball team and a local team in Santa Fe, New Mexico, where I was. Um, and, uh, then started looking at, you know, how can I compete in this? How can I do more? Uh, I moved to Los Angeles. Part of my move to Los Angeles was strategic in that there's so much health and fitness and, um, like-minded people in this city that I chose that. Um, and, basically picked jobs that would allow me to work out multiple times a day. And so I was doing, um, I had a background in production and a background in um, some film and TV stuff. And so I started taking jobs in the um, award show circuit here in Los Angeles, which um, kind of a weird thing to wrap your head around if you're not in this city, but um, it's a very strange in industry where you can take a lot of jobs that are temporary. So you could work on one show and then go to the other show and you just kind of hustle these jobs. Um, so I was doing that and that was allowing me to really get the fitness in um, multiple times a day. I was driving across town to go to CrossFit LA, which is the fifth, I think, CrossFit affiliate in the country. Uh, they were very early adopters. Shout out to Andy Petranic. And um, I made the CrossFit team that year. So it was the first year that the um, CrossFit had like an open that was a um, online portal and people could sign up and gyms could sign up and you everyone could do, you know, whatever the workout was. Um, and so I had um, barely been able to lift like a 45 pound bar going, uh, into that year before I moved, like when I first went to the gym, uh, and there I was making this, uh, CrossFit team, uh, that was potentially, that was going to regionals. We, we snuck in as this underdog in the Southern California region, which is at the time and, you know, maybe still is like one of the most competitive regions. Um, and we went to regionals and we made it to the CrossFit games as like the, lowest ranking team. Um, we didn't do that great at the games, uh, but we were there and, um, you know, I was hooked. Obviously I competed in regionals the following year on a team as well, um, doing other, um, competitions and it was kind of right place, right time that I got recruited into the film world. And so, um, while we were training for the CrossFit games, we were getting to go to all these amazing gyms, whether it was like a high speed running gym or like some sort of powerlifting place. Um, and there was a, a chiropractic group that offered to give us free chiropractic treatments. Um, and while I was in that office talking about, you know, some award show that I was doing and I was trying to balance training with, you know, working crazy hours because it was ramping up. Um, I think it was the People's Choice Awards. And they said, oh, you have a production background and experience? Well, we're looking for a trainer um, that can travel and that can do um, some training, strength and conditioning for actor that does 
his own stunts in the movies. Uh, and I thought, that sounds really interesting. However, that's not my career. Uh, training is just kind of my hobby and it's fun and blah, blah, blah. I had all these stories in my head about um, why training wouldn't be like a great career choice for me. Um, I proceeded to get two late paychecks from uh, one of the jobs I was working for Fuse Network um, and finally didn't get my last paycheck and said, okay, I got to get a job quick. Um, so I called those guys back and said, hey, is that still available? I don't know that I would want to do it for a really long time. Um, and they said, yeah, just give it a shot. Maybe you'll want to do it for six months. Most people do like six months and then they kind of burn out because it's a lot of travel, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so that was um, a major life shift for me. And I took this job and I ended up doing it for seven years and I still moonlight a little bit in that world. Um, but basically I get hired by productions and um, get to do work hand in hand with a stunt team that says, hey, this is what they're gonna do in this film. Uh, and then I get to figure out how to train for that. So it's a really fun um, project-based thing where you get to be super creative. It's not just like, okay, we're gonna follow like a strict uh, weather cycle and um, get really strong. It's usually like, hey, you have two weeks to figure out how to get this person to do a fairly acrobatic move off the side of a building or whatever it is. Um, and uh, it's a challenge. And so that's something that I really jived with and I really excelled at and really loved. Um, so I ended up doing it for a very long time, which is uh, more than most people do in, in that position. Not that there's a lot of people doing that in the world. Um, it's a very rare situation. I don't think that I could have planned that if I wanted to. Um, I don't think, I think, you know, I don't know that you could actually like interview for that if you were like, hey, I want to work in the film industry this way. So mm -hmm. I just really lucked out. It's a very LA story. Um, and then during that time, there were a couple of films that I worked on that I had a lot of downtime. There weren't a lot of stunts. So I was basically in a gym trailer waiting around. Uh, and I decided to utilize that time and um, start a side hustle. And uh, Tate Fletcher and Keith Jardine, who are my two partners in Caveman, at the time we were uh, basically doing this thing called the whole life challenge, which is now a pretty big eight week challenge. It happens multiple times a year. And um, at the time it was just a little incubator project at CrossFit LA from one of the coaches or a couple people on the coaching staff, um, Michael Stanwick and Andy Bertranek, who owns used to own CrossFit LA. And we were doing this intense uh, I would call it an extreme paleo challenge. At the time um, for this test, there were a hundred of us doing it and we couldn't have any um, like omega-6 oils. We couldn't have, you know, any of the normal like paleo diet things like, you know, no starches, no dairy, no basically nothing. So we're just eating meat and vegetables um, and fruit. I was eating a lot of fruit. And um, somebody read a blog. Uh, I think it was Logan Gelbrick who now owns Deuce Jim, uh, he was an intern there at the time, and he said, hey, I read about this like thing where people are drinking coffee and they're also putting butter in their coffee. And it's kind of like drinking a latte, but not, but you get that same satisfaction, um, and it's really good for performance. So we all went down to Starbucks with our Lando Lakes butter and said, hey, put some coffee in this, and it was like a weird oil slick on the top of our coffee. Uh, but we were doing it because we were basically deprived of like all other pleasures in our diet. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's where we started to get into coffee. And I started to notice, and Tate was doing this on set as well. We were both uh, working. He was 
doing stunts in film. Um, and we were both doing these like crazy 16 hour days. And if you're on a film set, usually there's like really horrible food options. Snacks are like Doritos and Slim Jims and you know, whatever. Um, And so we both started doing butter coffee on set and I could have that in the morning, make a thermos, go to set, be there for 16 hours and literally be satiated and not hungry until I wanted to be. So it was like, this amazing miracle where I could get through the day, tons of energy, didn't have like, I wasn't hangry, I wasn't having crazy crashes. I was operating on very little sleep. Um, and it was really working out uh, for both of us. And Tate, I think is the one that started blending it and realizing it's a lot more enjoyable if you kind of emulsify the fat and it's not just an oil slick on the top of your coffee. And after that, it was just a game changer. So he, um, was talking to Keith, who was his longtime training partner. Keith was definitely um, overtraining, having a lot of issues uh, with energy. And Tate said, hey, man, you should really try, like, changing up your diet. Um, you know, and as as fighters, they're used to really fluctuating their diets a lot and, and taking, like, massive control over it. So um, I think he jumped into it uh, full on and then called Tate back and just said, I feel amazing. And I think it's this coffee drink. Um, I feel euphoric even, and I haven't felt like this in a long time. And, you know, these guys are dealing with concussions and things like that and, um, massive inflammation in the body. So that got Keith down a track that was really exciting, um, and looking at different coffees and like really geeking out on it. And he ended up at this festival called the Southwest coffee and chocolate festival, like going around tasting coffees and talking to all these people and some guys that knew him said, Hey, why don't we um, make some roasts for you? We're actually roasters. And he said, Oh, cool, man. I'm, you know, I've been really doing this like butter coffee thing, which they were kind of weirded out about. Um, And uh, it was, you know, nobody had really talked about this yet. It was pre bulletproof. Um, And so they uh, went ahead and roasted him some like really light roasts and different roasts because he said, you know, I'm trying to get the most nutrient value and the most energy out of the coffee. And I'm adding these fats um, as well for energy. So, um, you know, it would be cool to make a roast that you could actually taste even after you put the butter in it, but also, you know, has the most nutrient density. And so they said, well, why don't we try some like really minimal roast coffee? And that's something that we specialize in. And most coffees that people drink are like super, super dark. And and they assume that because the darker the taste and the darker the flavor, uh, that it's more powerful. And the reality is that actually the longer you cook it, the less nutrient density it has. And so you're just getting like a charcoal taste. So it tastes stronger, but it's not stronger. So they made this super light roast um, and he blended it with his butter. So it was basically made to blend with fats um, and it was delicious and full of like caffeine and chlorogenic acid and different things that are um, great nutrients from coffee that give us that up, you know? Um, And so he said, Hey guys, um, I found these roasters, like just want to, you know, you guys should come try it or whatever. Meanwhile, I have an event background, uh, event production background, and I was off in between one of the movies I was doing. And I was hired for a marketing agency for the month to help produce an event at Comic-Con. Um, and and uh, while I was there, I had the idea of like, what if we did a coffee truck and we went around to different CrossFit gyms and then we went to the CrossFit games. Um, much easier said than done. I was also training for the CrossFit games at this time. Probably a horrible idea to um, start up another thing, but we did. Tate and I uh, found a truck and rented it 
it was a very shady, weird parking lot deal, um, which we should have been leery in the beginning because uh, finding a food truck in Los Angeles that has its permits that's not operating, which is weird anyways. Why would somebody have permits and a truck and not be making money off of it? But we did, or we thought we did. Um, and turns out like the truck never worked, but we got it wrapped and we called it rolling butter and we were rolling around town. And I, when I say rolling around town, I mean, we were actually like physically jumpstarting it to get it going. And then we would get it to whatever CrossFit gym that we had an event at 90% of the time, the whole power system would go out. We couldn't brew coffee. I'd have to jump out the back of the truck, run down to a coffee shop, buy coffee and bring it back. Um, but we started this whole uh, you know, kind of movement um, of delivering these paleo coffees and butter coffees um, and teaching people what medium chain triglycerides were and MCT oil and blending them at CrossFit events, which we only did a couple of events before the truck finally like kicked, bit the dust and uh, we didn't get our money back. And so it was a huge failure for us or so we thought. Um, but at the same time, while Keith was meeting these coffee guys and we were doing this truck, the stars were kind of aligning and we got a phone call from, uh, the owner of brick CrossFit in New York. He said, Hey, I'm opening up a gym and we want to have a coffee shop in the front. And you guys are the coffee guys. Cause you did this coffee event at our gym, uh, one time. So I'd love to have you come out and I'd love to sell your coffee. And I, really operate by the um the theory or the the philosophy of just saying yes to opportunities when they come up and figuring it out as you go um and so we said yes we had like two weeks we talked to those guys that were roasting coffee they said cool yeah we can get some bags to you we got we designed bags we created labels we did the whole thing um we created a company and we flew to New York and we sold coffee and opened, helped them open up a little like coffee shop protein drink um, station at their gym. And uh, in, in collaboration with that, we got interviewed by like E! Uh, Entertainment Television and like maybe it was extra as well. Uh, so we got a lot of press off of it and uh, we launched a website and started selling coffee roasts. And so this was just like a fun side hustle while we were doing our other jobs. Um, and then in a couple of years later, that was in 2013, we um, started working with cold brew because that sounded like a good idea. Um, and we came out with a can, which was delicious and everyone loved tons of caffeine, um, brewed it in house, had like a, a mobile canning brewing company come through and, uh, and, can our cold brew instead of uh, beer. They were like mostly a beer canning company. So we found all these like little solutions and um, continued to grow the company. And um, now we've entered into another um, realm of the company. As of last year, we moved into like some serious co-packing. We started taking on additional roasters um, and the company has really just been exploding um, and has just been this like fun side project that turned into kind of a a huge project. Um, and so that's, you know, pretty much my fitness and nutrition story up to this point and, and where we are. I don't um, travel full time in the film industry anymore. I've um, had to dial that back. I was doing, you know, I was on the road for, I think, all but 30 days of the year one year. Um, and as Caveman has grown, uh, and I've started another company called Black Ops, which is a, a production company. Um, I've uh, dialed back my travel a little bit with the film industry. I still moonlight and get people ready. We're getting, we're working on Jurassic World three right now, actually here in Los Angeles. Um, and so 
you know, I wear a lot of hats and I bounce a lot of things, but they all kind of fit together um, a little bit. And, uh, you know, that's that basically brings us up to today where uh, I'm CEO of Caveman. We are uh, probably the fastest growing coffee company in the country. And um, we're trying to take it uh, even further. Right on. Wow. <laughs> that's a whirlwind tour. Uh, good stuff. And I don't want to bleed too much into the co- into the uh, topic of the day. So we're going to yeah. go to break, everybody. When we come back, uh, we've got some questions for Lacey that are coffee and sports nutrition oriented. Awesome. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, you know who this is. Uh, so I'm here to tell you about uh, Dr. Mike T. Nelson's uh, new book, uh, Why You Should Eat Keto. I don't do it because, I mean, look at me. Come on, I'm fabulous and I'm fantastic. Anyway, you should text uh, Keto ebook all in one word to 44222 to receive your free copy. Do it. Do it now. Stop feeling. Some of us don't understand how lucky we are to be living in this Hi, listeners. This is Rob Fortress Fortney. I'm here to remind you that as the holiday season approaches and your thoughts turn to giving, we like you to keep Iron Rating in your thoughts. Over the past several years, there have been hundreds of listener comments hoping that Iron Radio stays on the air for years to come. Iron Radio is here for you. But as with any public radio-type format, the show is listener-supported. That's where you come in. For just $4 a month, you become a supporting member, keeping your weekly dose of education, experts, and gym talk flowing. Just go to www.ironradio.org and click on the $4 monthly subscribe button near the bottom of the page. Or... Click the donate button at the right of the page for a one-time donation. You are the Iron Brotherhood and Sisterhood. Of course, not everyone can afford to be a supporting member or a significant one-time donor. But for those of you willing to pitch in $4 per month or $50 just once, we're about to sweeten the deal. Become a supporting member or major donor between now and January, and a limited number of you will receive a gift worth over $20. And we will never forget our existing supporters. Simply email me via ironradio.org and I'll send you a free seminar from Dr. Lowry on how to significantly and realistically boost your testosterone levels. Help your iron brothers and sisters who cannot pitch in but deserve better internet programming in our sports. And happy holidays. Hey listeners, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. If you've ever had anyone critique you uh, on your protein intake as part of your weightlifting lifestyle, oh, you poor meathead, all that extra protein is going to rot your kidneys or weaken your bones or dehydrate you or give you gout or who knows what. Uh, There is a book available. You could simply Google CRC Press and Lowry. And what I've done is reach out to experts all over the world and create a book, a single compendium that you can hold up and say, this is why I consume extra protein. This can be very valuable when you're um, being quote-unquote educated uh, by various professionals on the topic 
there's an enormous amount of literature in this book on the safety, uh, the effectiveness, how protein works in cells, the history of protein and weight trainers, uh, much more. So again, please check out CRC Press and Protein and Lowry. You can just Google that. And uh, I do, full disclosure, I do make a small single-digit royalty on the book, but that's not why I did it. I did it so we can all have something, uh, our particular population, uh, to both defend what we do and to inform our nutrition and our eating. Thanks. Iron Radio is, of course, primarily a podcast. But over the years, there have been technical glitches calling for backup streaming and listeners who wanted the convenience of other sources of audio content. Toward this end, Iron Radio is now simulcast and backed up on YouTube. If needed, please search Lawnman07 or Iron Radio from within YouTube. There's not much video, but if you like to listen through YouTube on a Roku or other living room device, there you go. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. All right, folks, we're back. It's Phil and Mike and Lonnie, and we have Lacey Mackey with us, uh, a CEO in the coffee industry, also a CrossFitter, very familiar with strength and conditioning, so a a nice mix, good fit for us, I think, here as a guest. Uh, Lacey, the first question is for you. Uh, Why the coffee and fitness combination? I mean, you have a marketing and promotion background, and I think we've already touched on this in a lot of ways as far as why the connection, but why combine it like that? I mean, you sponsor MMA athletes and that kind of thing. There's a clear fitness relationship there. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just really the the core of us um, and the three founders, myself, Tate and Keith, Tate and Keith, both UFC fighters. Um, And, you know, I think if we had like sat down and planned it out, like we're going to develop a thing and go into the nutrition industry uh, or the fitness industry, it wasn't necessarily like that. It's just like we were already in the nutrition and fitness industry and we wanted to um, talk more about what we had learned and share that with people. And that was happening organically. And, um, you know, the the product just kind of came out of it naturally because it was what we were doing and what we were passionate about. So it wasn't like a really... um, masterminded marketing plan. Uh, but it was something that we were already really involved in and it's, it's close to who we are. And that's, uh, you know, basically, um, staying true to our mission, which is to make our lives better. Um, we talk about this, this slogan that we have of pirate your life back. Um, and a lot of that throws a lot of people off like, Whoa, what's a pirate? A pirate is a renegade is someone who takes control of their health and their fitness and is responsible for their own life. Um, so we just wanted to kind of get out there and spread that message. And coffee just happened to be a thing that came out of it and a catalyst for sparking that conversation. It's a very easy way to start a nutrition conversation around the Thing that most people do, the first thing that you do in the morning, your daily ritual. And if you can start your day off really well, 
um, you know, you're setting yourself up for success for the rest of the day. And we all know that if you um, start off with poor nutrition or a bad choice in the morning, then the whole day snowballs into a different situation. But if you start out with powerfully uh, with intention and you are paying attention to what you put in your body, then you're just going to um, have greater success throughout your day and your life. And it's all about those, you know, little steps um, from one to the next. And that's, that's really why right. we, uh, where we've gotten into that. Yeah, I like that. Follow your passion instead of some fabricated connection. Yeah, right. totally. Yeah. I mean, when people talk to us or when we um, go speak at events or whatever, you know, most people just say, wow, you guys are really authentic. And, it's, and that's true. I mean, we probably could do ourselves a favor and not only focus on the fitness industry or um, coffee and fitness, but, you know, that's just who we are. Okay, now I'm going to go off script just a little and ask you a question here because you guys also have an MCT product, right? Correct. Uh, so yeah. you've been talking a lot about you know the buttered coffee, and I think most of our listeners are familiar with that that concept. But these products are separate for you. Um, yeah. Why? So, so me, MCT is something that I think really is a game changer in the situation. So for sure, you can have black coffee, and people are always you know, sending me messages like, I don't want to break my fast. So it's anybody I have a coffee, what can I have? Um, but there's something about, um, and there's science behind it, obviously, um, adding fat to your coffee. And so you're actually going to um, do a couple of things. You do control the um, glucose spike a little bit uh, when you add a saturated fat or a medium chain triglyceride to a caffeinated beverage. So there's a huge benefit in that and that you're not going to have that huge spike and then the big drop off. Um, and for me, that was like a very eye opening thing and a huge game changer because I could get in, you know, the caffeine and have the energy, but then also maintain that for eight hours or, you know, however long that lasted. So, um, adding the fat is, um, part of the way that that reacts in your body and the way that, um, different, you know, hormones and things are controlled. But you guys do it separately, right? I mean, your MCT product is not in caveman coffee cans of caveman coffee right so we we um encourage you know we do beans and stuff as well we encourage people to blend that um into their coffee however so that's the purest form right so you would get your coffee um you can make it hot or you can make it cold mct can go in either obviously butter and cold is really weird and you're just gonna have like weird butter chunks um it's butter is better in your your hot um so that's the easiest way in the purest form we are coming out with a couple products that already have the mct in it and we do have a um ground coffee that already has the mct now oh hmm. that said um you know you don't have to only take mct and and when i talk about mct we're talking about medium chain triglycerides which is a fat that's found in coconut and palm oil um we choose to only use the Coconut, um, mainly because of deforestation and sustainability issues, but also because um, there's some um, information around heavy metals in palm oil. So uh, we try to pay attention to that. But you don't only have to have MCT with coffee. You could have MCT just in a spoonful in the morning. It's basically like a flavorless, odorless oil. Um, and uh, some people put it in their tea. Some people put it on a salad as a dressing. Um, you can cook with it. You know, there's a bunch of different uses. Um, you could think of it as like an avocado oil or, or, or an olive oil, um, minus the flavor. And when you put it in a coffee and you blend it, 
the reason why it's so delicious and amazing is that it emulsifies and it gets really frothy. So most people that are used to drinking a latte or something with a milk product that's inflammatory, um, or people might have a lactose response to it, or there's a million reasons why milk might not be good in your diet. Um, this is a great alternative. So you can have this delicious, creamy, experience that you're used to having without all the side effects. Um, the other good things about MCT is that it's um, something that crosses the blood-brain barrier. So it's a great fuel for your brain. It's a great fuel for clarity. When you talk about adding coffee and MCT, you're like supercharging yourself to take on whatever task you're doing. Um, it's prolonged energy in your body. So you're not, again, not going to have that huge spike and that huge crash. So if you're looking to perform throughout your day, if you're looking to do really good in your um, fitness routine later, it's a great source of energy. It's also a use it or lose it situation. So you only want to drink as much, which could be very little, as your body can actually absorb, um, which is something that I tell people, especially if they're starting this journey, you don't want to go hard um, on it because your body's just going to eliminate it. So, um, which is true with you know a lot of oils, but uh, you only need to take as much as your body can absorb and your body can use, and then you're not going to store that as fat. So you know if you're eating a ton of carbohydrates or something that your body is going to store for later as fat. And you're trying to be conscious of that. This, you know, MCT is something that you can have that's like feels indulgent, feels delicious. It's super creamy and you're not um, going to have, you know, some lasting effect. Um, I think, you know, just as like a funny side note, I love to tell this story of people overdoing it. They say, okay, well, this is a really good thing to do. And so I'm going to take a ton of it, right? Like people like to do that with vitamins and whatever. Um, I got this, this email from this couple. Um, and the email title was my wife and I ne nearly pooped our pants. Um, and they both got the MCT, they guzzled it. They didn't read the dosing instructions. Oh, they boy. didn't actually do the research. Um, and then they both got in their cars and got on the highway to go to work. <laughs> and basically their body was like, I'm going to eliminate everything that I have in me for the last like week. Um, so some people do use it as a diuretic or something to kind of clean out their system. Laxative. Uh, so <laughs> that's, uh, that's also a tool that you can use. I don't highly recommend it, but uh, some people do that. Yeah, Mike and I have talked over the years about MCTs. My opinion of this, because his, the history in exercise physiology, I think academically, is that MCTs, oh, they're, they're a little more water soluble. They're, they're fast acting. We're going to put them in Gatorade, right? And we're going to try to get performance enhancement. Yeah. And that, that didn't work on multiple levels, um, reason, right? Sure. Especially, yeah, the maximum dose, and the diarrhea. And, but I, I've always been a proponent of medium chain triglycerides, medium chain fats, uh, because of what you pointed at earlier is they're arguably less likely to be stored as body fat. You know, the digestion is a little bit different uh, and they're a, um, I, I, this is a loaded term, but a kind of a clean burning calorie source, right? If you don't go nuts and chug it sort of like what you were talking about. Yeah. Um, right. Mike, what's your current opinion on the MCT uh, thing? I mean, like you were one of the first guys that turned me on years ago to, you know, coconut fat in your coffee. And I think a lot of our listeners know that coconut fats are probably around 60% MCT, depending on the analysis and whatnot. But what what are your thoughts about the MCTs? And do you ever use them with your clients or that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, I have, I've used them off and on with clients for, man, quite a while now. Um, and what I find is it's really variable. Uh, some people respond really well to it and really like it. Um, other people, meh. 
not too much of a difference. Um, so if I have someone doing some lighter, uh, moderate intensity, fasted aerobic work in the morning, uh, some people, if they have like a coffee with MCT beforehand, they feel a lot better. So their compliance is better. Um, obviously, you're not going to do anything to interfere with the quote unquote fat burning effect was a whole different discussion. Uh, but I find that most people tend to do pretty good with that. Um, if some people, for whatever reason, have weird sensitivity to carbohydrates, uh, MCTs can be more ketogenic, which may explain why they feel better taking them. Mm-hmm. So they produce a little bit higher levels of ketones, especially the C8 version. And that makes their brain work a little bit better. Um, I've tested just uh, pure C8 oil and a little keto meter. And you do get usually a bump in uh, ketones if you're fasted just by doing that. So I think for some people, especially if they have some glucose issues going on, I think that's probably why they feel a little bit better with that. And the the C8 version, uh, caprylic acid or caprylic oil, tends to give you much less of the uh, disaster pants (laughs) associated (laughs) with it. So as Lacey was saying, you do have to be careful uh, with, with the dose. Uh, my wife, just the other day, we have a product that has a coffee and MCT already pre-mixed in it. And then she was using another product that had MCT in it also. Oh, mm-hmm. And took both of them at the same time, didn't realize the other one had MCT in it. And yeah, so could be that in the bathroom yeah. for a while in the morning. <laughs> right. Now, that's interesting. You're talking about C8 because oftentimes I think of mixed MCTs, you know, lauric acid, right. some, you know, uh, C12 in there and that kind of stuff. And uh, I don't. I, I'm not familiar with a ton of research that are it's it's completely isolationist like that. This is almost like the old days with with CLA, if you guys remember that, you know, like one isomer yeah. versus another. So it's interesting that you're actually playing with individual like C8 versus a you know lauric acid or even a maristic acid kind of thing, you know. Yeah, I just found the C8 was you didn't get as much of the digestion with it, and for producing ketones, it was a little bit better actually. Maybe that's because it's broken down even. Uh, faster. Um, I don't know if Lacey has any research on that or for the mixed version, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I think um, the industry has kind of like started to attach to that and people are even using that in their marketing, like what what actual makeup is of it. Um, And, you know, getting a product with like lauric acid that also doesn't like taste weird is challenging. So if you find one, um, we have that um, a company called on it has one that does that. Um, you know, that's, uh, those are super beneficial. Uh, Phil, let's, uh, bring you in on this stuff. If, uh, I'm just curious about your, your gym is, yep. do you have people that are, uh, doing keto, uh, taking MCTs, any of the above? Yeah, we got some people that, <clears throat> that do keto and like, I was going to add in on the gout thing. Like I have cured two people at the gym from gout just by changing their diet and going low carb keto. So yeah, uh, amazingly, and and they ate red meat, even though their doctor said don't. Um, yeah, okay. Actually, they were off all their medicines within <laughs> months. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, and it was more it was more the grains and sugars than it was the uh, the meats and things. But yeah, I mean, it all depends on your goals. You know, you you've been to my gym, so I mean, half the people in my gym are trying <laughs> to get as big as they can at all times, right? And half the gym are trying to stay small and strong. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's about fifty fifty. I mean, but yeah, I mean, you can't ignore the. Uh, the low carb and keto craze right now. Like right after this meet, you know, right now I'm trying to eat my way up to 300, but the minute I'm done, it's it's low carb. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So right. it varies during the year. 
of what even myself will do. Well, so, Phil, we've talked over the years about, I mean, I really think, and I mean, I, Lacey may disagree with this and I totally respect that, but when it comes to like <laughs> massive weight gain, you, there, there's no time to be like, I, I would not be keto and trying to gain a ton of mass. Like what you're trying to do, uh-huh. put on 30 pounds in a couple of months, carbohydrates are very important for that, right? Because yeah. they're so easily consumed, right? And that, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I've tried it and, you know, I'd be 240 right now, not 285. So right. that's just the way my body works. I, I can't, yeah. eat, enough, I can't eat enough meat. You're way leaner and, uh, you know, it just depends on what your goals are. Oh, yeah, for sure. And for me right now, I mean, it's just body mass. Body mass helps me squat 800. <laughs> you know, yes. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, right. just, that's just it. It's just true. So, and I don't care about my body mass. You know, all I care is about pounds on the bar at, at any cost. Right. So if, if that means 5% more body fat, I'm okay with that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, some of my other athletes that are more weight class and things like that, um, oh, yeah, for sure. We, we pay much more attention to what's going in their mouth. So, right. Yeah. And you get a little more nitpicky. Quality so. fats in general. With keto, like, I, you know, um, there's lots of arguments about like male versus female of keto. Um, you know, the longest I've gone like strict is uh, 21 days and I started to feel, you know, kind of a drop off and I needed to add in a couple more cards. So carbs. So it's like really not a one size fits all situation. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some people when they're, when they're transitioning their diet, um, you know, and just trying to get rid of some of those sugars and getting in transition, basically, you know, we talk about being like sugar burner or fat burner, um, a lot. And if somebody's trying to change their, their diet, you know, the guy that's going to hopefully, you know, get into his diet, um, with the gout situation, um, you want to add in more fats because Mm -hmm. a lot of out that sugar and then their energy drops and they're just like what do i do um you know but if you don't add enough fat then you're going to lose your energy and, and you need to get oh, your body yeah. fuel um so it's an easy way to you know add that a little bit yeah you know i th- i think one of the reasons in the strength world and i'm myself included like my dissertation was on specialty fats because everything was carbs like everything in exercise mm-hmm. physiology was kind of gatorade driven and mike and i we've talked about like the early days of exercise fizz was it was very heavily like carbohydrate focused and endurance athlete focused and um and, and that kind of thing <laughs> yeah so yeah. um okay so Let's just kind of go on because we're kind of running out of time here because I would I, – we could almost do a whole other episode because I'd like to challenge you on a couple of things here. Like I'm writing a chapter about this right now, a textbook chapter about things like I think sometimes athletes conflate um, the body comp benefits with performance benefits uh, mm-hmm. of hardcore keto and we, because we need, more, we need more research on that kind of stuff. Uh, like you were saying, too. male versus female and what are your goals, mm-hmm. right? We really need to start digging into this stuff. Um, but I digress. What's next for you, for your coffee company? What kind of directions do you want to head? Are you going to explore different kinds of MCT stuff? Is coffee going to be the main focus? Uh, yeah, so coffee is definitely going to remain the main focus. We've we've um, spent a lot of time in the last two years, uh, you know, in the lab, as they say, but just like working on different products. And MCT has been something that we've uh, worked with a lot. We've actually had a couple products. We made an emulsified one where we were like, we're going to make this great creamer. Um, that's, you know, can be flavored and like all these things. And it's just going to be MCT. Um, turns out it's a lot more challenging to do mm. that. That's something like mimic something. So I, you know, you always want to be careful when you look at something that's trying to be something else. I'm always like freaked out by like the, 
um, vegan meats and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you start trying to do that and you go for, instead of going for the full health benefit of something or like what Mm -hmm. it really is, and you try to start turning it into something else, um, you're going to, you inevitably go down a path where you have to make a lot of concessions Mm -hmm. and you have to say, okay, well, it's going to look like this and taste like this, but it's going to be made up of like half chemicals, right? Which is what we're seeing a lot of this stuff that's pretending to be a health focused whatever um i think they just came out with like you know 50 carcinogens and uh (laughs) like wow um so we have another you know mission to stay true to the true form of things and not add a bunch of crap into it which was a really challenge uh challenging thing with our cold brew because we we originally came out with a non-shelf stable product so we were and we're an online you know, coffee shipping company, essentially. Mm-hmm. So we're shipping people like meat boxes with frozen packets and all this stuff to keep it cold. Um, so it took us almost 18 months to figure out a plan. And we had to work with a lot of scientists to make a shelf stable cold brew coffee that didn't have a bunch of crap in it, um, which is what most um, most products have all kinds of stabilizers and all kinds of weird things. Um, and we did that successfully. And so the next step for us was to come up with a latte type version that added the fat in already. We do want to have that MCT in there without um, really degrading and using some weird like partial MCT product that then turns into something else with a bunch of other weird stuff in it. Um, and so we've been really true to that. Uh, I would say, you know, some of our, um, biggest fans would be annoyed by us because we've been teasing these products for a really long time, but it's taken us, it's just taken us that long to figure it out and do it yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so we have a, a couple more products that are coming out that we think will be amazing for people, not only as pre-workouts, but as, you know, just performance enhancements throughout the day. That's something that you can trust as super clean, um, but still going to give you uh, that added nutrition that you're looking for. Um, and you know, we take great diligence in, in creating those products. And I encourage people to like, look at the ingredients and things that they're putting in their bodies. Uh, and, you know, we're really excited to, to have a company that we can create things like that for people. Yeah. yeah. I'm, Go ahead. I'm drinking one of your cans right now. And it's refreshing oh. to look at the ingredients and it just says coffee and water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm known as the guy on the show that like eats anything, but I still pay <laughs> pretty close attention to what goes in my body and we try and limit the ingredients. And yeah, it's yeah. nice. I mean, I don't have, I don't need a doctorate degree to tell you what's in this can. Yeah. <laughs> Clean <laughs> label. Yeah. So many people getting like coming at us on not so many, but like a lot of people online that are like, oh, it's only 200 milligrams of caffeine. You know, like these, whatever energy drink has 400 milligrams or whatever. And I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. But look at the other ingredients as well. And, you know, does your body need 400 milligrams of caffeine right now? Um, you know, which is up for debate. Some people want to say they need more, but yeah, more is better. I get to have two of them. We keep it. <laughs> have two. Yeah. I am the person that needs to have a beverage all the time, and I'll have five sometimes, which yeah. I don't recommend. Uh, I develop a serious eye twitch when I know I've had a little too much, <laughs> uh, which nice. is not natural, guys. You shouldn't have an eye twitch. Right. Right on. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, can you just maybe, is it just cavemancoffeecompany.com or how do people reach out to you? You can also just Google Caveman Coffee. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the social media places. Um, you can find me at Lacey underscore Mackey on all the social medias as well. Perfect. Well, thanks for joining us, Lacey. Yeah, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you very much. much. Appreciate thank you. It.
I'm excited to hear more about uh, MCT conversations. Cool. All right, everyone. We will um, join you next week uh, with Jim Wendler. I will be away. Uh, so uh, luckily, luckily, I'm always the one with the profanity filter. People always laugh when we have Jim on. But I'll actually be gone, too. I'm teaching that week. Uh-oh. Yeah, you, guys are in, you guys are in trouble. So Uh-oh. That's going to be off the It's going to be a double explosion. <laughs> off the profanity rails. X-rated. All right. So. Well, we'll just have to you know, label it as such since we have families that listen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. See you later, everybody. Awesome. See you guys. <clears throat>Hey listeners, have you seen the store at ironradio.org? There are three halls in the store. One for Phil, one for Fortress, and one for myself, Dr. Lowry, and they're thematic. So you can go into our Halls of Iron store and choose based on your goal. If you need something to learn or read or something nutritional, you can look in my store. Uh, Lonnie's store. If you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition, then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. There are some fun heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each hall of iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, the stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org and um, let us know what you think on the forums and certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding. Um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.